This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. <laughs> I really hoped I really hoped I wasn't today. I thought I'd done it perfectly. I'd pressed the button and everything, but hello, and you're listening to the award-winning, although I still don't know why, uh, to Hollenbach Podcast, sponsored by Old Logical Bar. You mute it again. Yeah. What? I'm going to hope that's worked, but I, I, I do click it. You know, th- this isn't my fault. I know everyone's going to think it's my fault, but I, I swear it isn't. But uh, we are sponsored by Kingfisher and Old Logical Bar. And um, this is the Talking Back podcast. This is AD and Tom and me. Should we just jump straight into the football? That's what people are here for. Yeah, yeah let's get straight into it. Okay. <laughs> so we, we, we lost at QPR and Tom didn't get home until... 2am do i just tell that story move on from the intro just you know put people yeah, into the mind of tom on saturday night yeah well you know compounds your misery when you're getting on the train and you're on there for two hours well an hour and then you're having to go across london st pancras and then um you're having to wait for the train from sheffield well train to sheffield from there and didn't get back into sheffield till midnight i'm pretty sure and then um got back home at 2am back to my heart door so Nice little, what, 19-hour day there, 20-hour day, you know, it's a little bit early, but yeah. the things you do for the club, I guess. And it wasn't even worth it after that performance, yeah. but uh, yeah, AD, how are you feeling at the moment in general? In general, I'm all right. We'll talk about whole city. Well, we can talk about our feelings. This is a safe place. Talk about anything we want, really. It's a safe place. I'm feeling, I'm feeling good, thanks, Nathaniel. It's nearly Christmas. I'm going to have a week off for Christmas, and I'm looking forward to that. Hmm, good. Well, I've always got my Christmas tree uh, behind me here. I have it have it up all year round next to um, my little tiger called Ryan, of course, obvious reasons. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't really want to talk about the match because um, pretty grim performance. Well, it wasn't awful, but we didn't really get going. Standard, typical sort of thing, Cher and Willock scoring. They're the players you've got to watch out for, and they both scored. Um, and um, especially the second goal, I think we'll just get straight into it because um, it's the sort of main talking point um, among several negative ones. But um, Ryan Olsop, I think he offers a lot and he has been pretty good since he's come in for Ingram. But last was it three, four games since Swansea, he's conceded a few sort of sloppy goals, made a few mistakes. So, Tom, I'll go to you first. Olsop, where are you at with him? Um, I, I think when you've got a goalkeeper like that and you're playing out from the back, you're always at that risk of making a mistake. 
But I think so what I think in the situation is you've got to use your initiative as a goalkeeper and know when to play out, regardless of what your manager says. And I think Rossini will say he takes it on on the back and says, "This is how we're going to play." So if my players make a mistake, I'll back them and I'll say that's my fault. But when you're one 0 down away from home, when you're still trying to persist, you know, um, playing out from the back when you're being put under pressure by two QPR players, it's not ideal. I think common sense has to sort of grab you by the balls there and just say, look, kick it into the stands or just kick it anywhere, but other than play around with it in the box and then allow chair to score. Um, I think calls for him to drop, perhaps maybe warranted given how he's played the past few games, but we have to remember across the season he's been on a worst performance in, in goal. Um, he's, he's, he's saved us more points than his costs, I'd say, in terms of the saves he's made and the distribution. Like, you know, most of the time his distribution is top draw. Um, aside from a few mistakes, you can't really fault him for that and his shot stopping as well. Um, until recently, so I guess, like he's let a few blunders in, but I guess we can forgive him. And, and the reason why he's in our goal is because he has the ability to play out from the back, whereas Ingram doesn't. Whether Mersinia decides to take him out the limelight remains to be seen. But, you know, I'm still happy with all stops in goal. Um, maybe maybe one or two games put Ingram in to sort of relieve him, bit, relieve him with the pressure, I guess, and then he can come back in. But, yeah, it's, it wasn't a very... Didn't pay himself in glory on Saturday, really. But yeah. well, That's a good nuanced view. AD, do you want to just tear into him or do you agree? No, I want to tear into him, obviously. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> well, no, listen, here's my thing. I put it on Twitter on Saturday because somebody had put, you know, that uh, all sops uh, needs to keep his place and Ingram shouldn't be getting back in. What I said on this and that, you know, people may disagree with me. If you do, then you're watching a different game to me. Uh, then basically, Ingram, when Allsop actually got into goal, wasn't doing anything wrong. Mm. Ingram had started to grow into Liam's way of playing and his distribution had got a lot better. He maybe isn't as good at distribution as Allsop is, but he was getting better at it and he was learning more and he was, he was developing his game more. It, Allsop comes in when Ingram's done nothing wrong. Allsop's done loads wrong, but Ingram still hasn't got back in the goal. And I don't get it. Mm. I really don't get it. I mean, Ingram's the far better shot stopper. Allsop's the better distributor. Now, for me, I'd rather have somebody that can stop the ball going into the back of the net and not let us concede goals and maybe not be as quite as good as playing out from the back as having somebody who's good at playing out from the back. Because the goals that we've been cost through him playing out from the back has been a lot just recently, you know. And, I, I, I mean, the first goal that was scored by Willock on Saturday, he don't go for. He don't put his arm out. Why is your arm not going out? As a goalkeeper, surely your arm should be going out. The week before, he, he, he's, he's the ball that gets played from 40 yards. I'm sure he could have saved that. I'm really sure he could have he, he could have saved that, and he didn't. You know, he didn't even make an attempt to go for it. Why didn't he make an attempt to go for it? I don't get it. So for me, I think that you know, personally, Ingram's got to come back in, and you know, he, then you know, Ingram's then got to make at least two game mistakes before Allsop comes back in because it's been probably four games that Allsop's not had a good game, and mm. Ingram's still not back in as number one. That's my view. Yeah, I think I think of um, what you get with Ingram is a bit more presence in the goal in terms of when he comes to claim crosses and how he commands the back line. But I agree now. I see um, all sorts better at distribution. You know, Ingram well, do you himself. Think, do you not think Tom, that, that Ingram had got better at distribution just before he lost his place? Um, it's 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 to be argued. I think like. I remember at the start of the season, like how frustrating it was to watch him just dally on the ball loads and not pass out. I remember Doncaster Home sticks out a lot. Like, hmm. yeah, I think he I made the most touches out of anyone on the pitch. And... It didn't really have a lot of movement and they want players in the right position yeah. to play the ball. The player, yeah, I, as yeah. well as the keeper, have learned the system more since Ingram's lost his place. So the players. I, have I, think, the I, I do think it would be interesting to see if he came back in and how good his distribution was because. Clearly, it's been implemented the style a lot more now, um, and I think Ingram can probably feel hard done by not to be back in, back in the net. Um, whether Rossini decides to change it up on well on Wednesday night remains to be seen. But 
you know, I think Ingram probably does deserve a chance now. Um, like you say, he's well, not really put on this reason in terms of... He's only putting Allsop under an awful lot of pressure if he doesn't, isn't he? And as a manager, you've got to see that that goalkeeper, after the mistakes that he's made, is under so much pressure from the fans. If he doesn't take him out on Wednesday night and then they don't get a result on Wednesday night, coming home on Saturday, the fans are not going to be... You know, they're going to be very nervous any time that he's on the ball or getting a, a shot against him. And and that's not good for a keeper, is it? No. Mm. Uh, another thing as well, I think um, what, what cost us on Saturday is Alfie Jones obviously not being in the squad. Like, one of our most inf- influential players in terms of building out from the back as well. It's, it's so important that you've got a right foot centre centre half on the right side and left on the other side. And we could we could see that in terms of like the build-up play, like... Terz is splitting the making lines, splitting passes into midfield. We didn't have that enough, really. The one enough. Yeah, I think Macca got a bit of flack yeah. for that, but I don't think it's Macca's yeah. fault. I think Macca. He, he, he didn't put. Yeah, he didn't put foot wrong. Trying to play in a position that's not natural to him. Yeah, and I, I, I think as well, like the balance as well. Have I know Carl's played really good this season, and um, but I think Rossini's got a decision to make now. I think it, we need a left-footed left back in the squad because um, I just think that it sort of. Stops you, stops you from sort of building up on that side. Like you saw Coyle lots of times, like cutting back and then passing back to the centre back. If you had a natural left back, the, the player can let the ball run across his body and then you're out to the wing and then mm. and it helps you sort of get forward. Um, I think Coyle works in that position when Christie's sort of pushing high up the pitch, but QPR didn't let that happen on, on Saturday. So um, I think it would, I want to prevent Agra's back fit. I'm not sure when. Um, or it's easy fit now. Um, Benagra could be back there yeah. for Wednesday, apparently. He is, uh, the the yeah. press conference today said that he could be back for Wednesday. Yeah, I would I like to see him. I don't think he'll sling him in because I think it's one of them where you've had an injury, you, you, he's definitely not going to start. I think the left-back's a really interesting one because, you know, you've got Vanagra, you've got the lad from Bristol City, can't remember his name, Nathaniel, you'll know. James Fairlong. Uh, Fairlong, yeah. On, uh, and, uh, on and you've, sent, you've sent out Brandon Fleming on loan. I don't think Fleming was too bad, and you've let Callum Elder go. I think it's the. Uh, I think he's had he's had really uh, he's he's had a really torrid time trying to get the left back position sorted, and he's not fancied quite a few people. He don't fancy Fairlong yeah. at the moment. He don't really fancy Vanagra because he's played Greaves and Coyle ahead of him. Yeah, so I think with Vanagra, you, you can see that in terms of going forward, brilliant. Like it's, in terms of what he offers as an outlet, but defensively, he's far to deceive. I think in terms of his positional play and like his his one v one defending, and we know he's got the pace to go forward and, and cause problems. Like we've seen it off the bench when I think what was the game where he got the assist for a goal, and yeah, I, I forgot what game it was, but it made him. It, <laughs> no, it, it was the late assist, wasn't it, for the late goal? Well, Vinagre created the goal against Huddersfield, didn't he? Yeah, that was the one. Yeah, yeah that, that was that was the one. Yeah, obviously he's, he's crossing to the box, so we know what he can offer from an attacking point of view. Just defensively, I think there's questions to be asked there. But I do agree that in January, if we're looking to address that situation, I think we have to. You look at Fairlong; he's not fancied. Fleming, I don't think he's up to the level anymore. And Vinagre goes back at the end of the season unless we pay the astounding amount that Sporting want. So that I think in the long term, we do need to go out and buy a left back because. Yeah, it's clear that it's a situation. We don't want to continue having to play Greaves at left-back because we've seen how good, since he's turned, gone back to the centre-back position, how good he is. So, the shocking yeah. thing for me is that yeah. you've got Fairlong, and I know he's a young lad, but if he's you know, if he's there, then I presume the only reason he's not had a go yet is because he's not doing it in training. It's the only thing I can come up with as to why he hasn't had a go, because, you know, to go, me, wouldn't you? You would have a go, wouldn't you? You'd have a go at it and yeah. you, would, you would give him a try. I mean, he's give youngsters a go before Harry Vaughan is obviously one of them. Uh, he do not mind giving a youngster a go. To me, it's got to be that he's not doing it in training or something. Yeah, just definitely deserves a chance, I'd say. Um, I'm not sure against Middlesbrough, but uh, 100% we do need a left-sided, left-footed centre, left-back, sorry. Because mm-hmm. some players come alive, not in training, but in the actual match day. And yeah, if we had Vanagre fit, um, or you know, Jones was playing and Greaves was playing at left back every game and, and still doing well. You could understand it, but because of the injury to Jones and to Vanagre, yeah, you think now is the time to get him in. And really, you know, we're talking about Kyle playing at left back and a few other players, especially on the wings. We've had issues, and we did it again. We had Triore on the wing. We don't want to be getting into the situation we had last year, where it's round pegs and square holes again. 
because I think that's why we struggled a bit last year. We didn't have the players in the right positions and yeah, I, I starting agree. to get a, starting to look a little bit like that again, isn't it? Trying straight yeah. out wide again. You think at some point you've got strength in depth in the squad, but then when these few injuries start to settle in, there's not as much strength in depth as you think in the squad, is there? We've got so it's many wingers, power, yeah. but same as last year, we haven't actually had Injury. two wingers fit on the pitch yeah. for very much, have we? No. I think what what's frustrating, I know it might not be a popular view, but it's so frustrating that Cynic's injured now. Like, it'd be great to see him get a chance in the team with Philogene injured, see what he can do. Because apart from that, in terms of a right-footed left winger, we've got Vaughan. I don't want to see Twan out there again. Like, he's, he's not a left winger. He's, he's better in the 10. And Triore is only the side. I don't like seeing him as a right winger. Like, when we've seen him at his best, Triore has been sort of like a deep line central midfielder like we saw against Huddersfield how good he was I think it was or against Preston where him him necessary was you know he played really well like in the absence of Morton and I think well, that that's probably his best position we did break it on Tiger Pop on Westall FM that uh Cynic was going back to uh Turkey well before it was documented uh anywhere else and you know our source was right with that and you know, we knew he was going back and he's he's not coming back. It's not, I don't think it's an injury, to be quite honest with you. I think it's more, he's not happy being here. Liam's not happy with him. And this knee injury was, it was amazing how his knee locked up on the Saturday morning. Uh, and we, yeah. we basically got the news a couple of days before that, that he was going back to Turkey. So it was amazing that it came out on the day of the match that his knees locked up. I don't think yeah. he's, I think he's, I think he's summing himself in Turkey and, and uh, enjoying the treatment room there that they've got, which is obviously a lot better than Hull City's treatment room. Yeah, I think in terms of we've never seen that sort of attitude and the desire for him to sort of break into the team, I think, because Racine is works him every day. And if he's not seen enough in training, then he's obviously not doing enough to start. And now we've got Philogene on that side. Um, what Where we need to address, I think, is the, on the right, I don't think we've been convincing down that side this season in terms of you know, fits and starts yeah. with him, hasn't it? Uh, he's, he's been in yeah, fits yeah. and starts. I just he, and then you know, somebody put he's, he's very injury prone himself, isn't he? You know, it's uh, I just uh, I don't know. It's it's a, it's a funny situation, is that right side? You get a right sided winger, and you know, he does do okay. He's a different player to Philogene, there's no doubt about that. He can put a good cross into the box, but then. You know, he keeps getting little tweaks of injuries, don't he? And that then sets who's that? Up. Is that Lakila? Yeah, yeah, Lakila. Yeah, I've, I've, to be fair, when I've watched him, like I like his sort of his aura. Like when he gets the ball, he looks like he's going to make something happen, and and I like that but about him. And... Doesn't go much beyond the aura, though, is it? Because he's still not got any yeah. contributions, and just I'd rather have just I mean, like Longman, maybe. Or just anyone who's just fit and reliable, because I think anyone in the team, whether they're Messi or you know Longman, um, if they're just in the team for a long time, they can get that rhythm. Whereas yeah, think, any of the Lakilo is good, but he's not fit. Alia could be good, but he's not fit. Sinek has got yeah. talent, but he's not fit. And these other midfield players, Slater, Traore, Tufan, Twine, can play there, but. They're better through the middle. It's just so frustrating yeah, we're seeing, that we're a year and a half we've had this yeah. issue. We're, we're, see, like, we're seeing the same, obviously, issues crop up. Um, and that, it's annoying because we're starting to sort of hit that rhythm again. And then we get hit with a few injury blows. And then now, obviously, we lost two in a row. It's not panic stations yet, but mm. we, we'll get heading head into a period where we've got seven games in the space of a month. We need our best players fit. And if, yeah. you know, if, if Philogene's out, he's been sort of carrying us, you know, recently from, you know, the goalie squad, um, the solo goalie squad before, you know what I mean? It's like, the, the, obviously obviously against Birmingham as well, that goalie squad, like long ranger, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's it's frustrating, like, you know, he's our best what do, player. What, so do always... instead, what do we do instead of Philogene? That's my, answer, that's my question. I mean, you've got Vaughan Covey, who he's talked about, but he said that the only thing that's really going to happen with Vaughan is he's going to go out on loan in January. When... When he was fit and under, I mean, he only played under Shotter, didn't he? He didn't. Uh, he, he wasn't fit when Liam was here. For me, just before he got the injury, it started to look quite good as at uh, at Coville, and I, I don't know why. Yeah, he did, yeah. Thinking of, you I know, remember against them. Um, he can play on the wing, can't he? Yeah, 
I remember against anyway. Norwich start yeah. of the season. Um, he was really good. Like it was really impressive last season. Then he got that long long term injury. I think when you've got a long term injury like that, it's going to take you a while to get back. But like Andrew said in, in the comments there, like we do need to shift some of this this deadwood. Um, right. Some of the players on high wages, like to be able to sort of attract the players that you know really really interested in playing for Hull because there's two fans' performances past. Yeah, I'd say past couple of months now he's been so poor like I think his last good game for us was against Bristol City at home and that was when he got the when he scored against them um, and apart from that it's it's frustrating because obviously the likes of Aliara as well he's shown a bit of promise in his start of, the start of his whole City career but then that sort of petered out now and no one knows his best position and you know I really liked what I saw from Aliara at the start but mm. clearly it's not where it's out so in January, wouldn't you? He'd certainly yeah. been, you'd be moving on in, in January. I'm sure that from what we've, we've met out, Cynic's going to end up going uh, back to Turkey in January without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, um, he'll be on loan know, somewhere at the very least, won't he? We, we, yeah, we made, we made some. The, the, owner, the owner, I'm sure, would be the first to admit that he made some big mistakes uh, yeah. last summer, you know, he was new to it, he wanted to try and, I think it was marquee size to try and get fans interested and to try and get the wow factor there, and I think yeah. that's why he did it, and, you know, he he, he knows and he realises what his mistakes are, but as the whoever commented said, it was a bit too quick flashed up for me. Uh, but whoever commented said, you know, we do need to clear some of that out. And yeah, I think January is probably going to be the time that where you have a go at clearing that out. It's just if you can clear it out, get enough people in and stay hovering around the 10th position upwards to keep in touch with the playoffs because that's the main the owner wants to try and stay in touch with the playoffs. And with the money that he's put in. I don't think he'd be happy if he's not somewhere there or thereabouts. Yeah, it's I think just if he can turn it yeah. down quick enough to stay there. Mm. I think it, it's so the other parts of the window are important, like you said, uh, getting rid of the, the players on high wages and then bringing in perhaps maybe one or two Premier League loans and then maybe investing in, in left back. I think the key positions are probably are like um, right wing, left back, and perhaps. I wouldn't say centre mid because no one's getting ahead of Serie or Martin, maybe an attacking midfielder because so far Twan's. I know he scored two goals recently, but he's not really impressed me. He doesn't look like the twine that I saw at MK Dons. He looks like he's running in mud half the time. Like I don't know. I think, I think, we, need, then, I think we need quite a lot all over the pitch, Tom. To be honest, I think we, we definitely need a striker. Yeah. We were saying on Tiger Pop on yeah. Saturday. Uh, sorry for the, uh, the the you know little unscrupulous plug. Uh, that you know we we could maybe do with uh, we could maybe do with another striker to help Dilap because we're just not seeing. We, you yeah. know, Dilap's Dilap's doing really well for us. But what happens if he does pick up that extra yellow card? What happens if he does pick up an injury? Where do we go from there? And centre back, you yeah. saw on Saturday, Smith. He didn't want to put Smith in, and he's a natural right-sided centre back. He, he he chose to put McLaughlin in there instead. Do we need another centre back as well? Because it's only really Smith, isn't he, who, yeah, who, who can come in? The only problem I think with this centre back is are you going to buy someone? Are you going to go out all out and buy like a top quality centre back that's going to push Jones and, and Greaves for that position, um, especially on the right side? Or are you going to buy, are you going to try to find someone that's, that's going to settle to be a backup and sort of push for his place in the team? Because I think it's quite hard in January, especially to attract someone that, that's going to settle for a backup because we have been a strong def defence this season. And exactly the partnership that yeah, the partnership you've got there with Greaves and Jones, um, you don't want to break that up. So that that's probably the reason why Rossini is not really dipped into that market. But on the strike, I do agree. Like it feels like sometimes the lap's got to do too much. Like you want the lap in the box, ready to sniff out chances, but instead he's having to drop deep and do the job of the attacking midfielder as well as do the job of a striker. Like you saw how he created the goal against uh, Watford, like. It all came from him just driving at defenders and with his pace and power and that and that's how we score. But we can't just rely on the lap. We've got to have someone else that, that can come off the bench and, and, and score as well. And you know, like you say, like at the start of the season, I thought the lap and um, Connolly were striking up a decent partnership in terms of that sort of little and large. Unfortunately we've not, mm. not seen it recently because of you know Connolly's sort of gone off the boil. But yeah, strike is definitely needed. Yeah, I think uh, you are right as well. January is a really tough one because you know you you are going to struggle to get some people in because of uh, 
because of, as you say, you know, do they want to play backup? But you do need a bit of backup there because as as good as Greaves and Jones are being, we've got McLaughlin for one side, Smith for the other. I don't think it's quite enough because injuries, cards, all them things come into play. And I think you mm. are going to need something there. And as Ant put on there, the other thing in centre midfield is we're losing Seri and we're losing Triore to the Africa Cup of Nations. Yes. We are going to be a bit light there when they go. So I think you're going to have to get somebody in that position just because of Seri, how I think Seri is irreplaceable. I've said it before, like in terms of what he can bring, his passing range. I don't see who can replace him currently for the options. I'm not saying that we can't sign someone that has a similar ability to him, but it's going to be hard to find that in January. But yeah, it's an issue that needs addressing because right now we've got Morton guaranteed to start and then you'd have to start Slater alongside him. But to me, that, that's quite unbalanced in, t- mm. in terms of midfield. Like I prefer seeing Slater a bit further forward um, just behind a striker perhaps. Maybe that's what I'll try in the future. But. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a big blow when we lose them too. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely going to interject here. Not only do we have uh, a guest, Johnny, from the Borough Breakdown coming on to discuss uh, the midweek game at the Riverside, but also I think, I don't know whether we're overreacting, but we're overreacting a little bit. Um, I think if we'd beaten Wofford, we just have to score that penalty. I think we win that game. Then we'd be fifth or eighth at the moment. But yeah, it's yeah. not been a good week. We've had a few injuries. Fidagene's gone and he's a big player. And, you know, you're just looking at it. And it's just bringing back memories from I last think, season I, when yeah. we had these I think injuries. We're just force- I think we're just like foreseeing what could unfold rather than what's yeah. happening now. Losing back-to-back games in the Championship is it uncommon. It's just about well, how you bounce back as a team. Yeah. The main thing is, uh, another main thing to mention about that is that it's the first time we've done that in uh, the whole calendar year yeah. and even longer than that since last November with uh, with the senior at the helm. So it's a shame to have lost that record. But yeah, I think it's just a QPR game. Watford, we should have got three points there, really. Yeah, um, There were some mistakes, but that was still a good performance. But yeah, I think we can look ahead. Hopefully it'll be a better performance on Wednesday. And we've got Johnny on from the Borough Breakdown podcast. Uh, it was a pleasure to meet them at the Football Content Awards just a few weeks ago. Um, oh, well, do you want to unmute yourself and then we can have a bit of a chat? Oh, hello, guys. Sorry. Hi. It's very small. Uh, sorry about that. How's it going, guys? You okay? We're, well, we're we're getting a bit worried as well about injuries, but other than that, we're okay, I think. Oh, good. Um, yeah, I think we're the same, to be honest. Um, we've just had a, a really bad run of injuries as well. So, um, but you know, it's getting better. I think. Hopefully, fingers crossed. We don't have we have no idea when people are back, but it's going to be a uh, yeah, it's going to be a game of probably injuries. I think uh, tomorrow on, on Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. So, do you want to just tell us a little bit about how Middlesbrough's season's gone? Because I've seen that it was a poor start. I mean, you're missing players like Akpom and uh, someone else who I've completely forgotten about. Who was another top scorer from last season? Archer? Was Cameron Archer there? Yeah, on loan, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. how's the season going to be to readapt to losing those key players? Uh, yeah, so I think to get you up to speed, um, we lost a lot of players um, in 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 the summer. You know, we lost Cameron Archer, of course. He was on loan at Sheffield United. Lost Aaron Ramsey. We lost um, Tuba. Uh, we we lost uh, Ryan Giles. Um, so four key players really for us, and we lost, we lost about sixty six goals overnight for them just leaving in, in the summer. So it was always going to be a big task in trying to bring those play, players back for us, to be honest. And, you know, we've recruited quite well in, in the summer. I, I would say we've, we've definitely moved towards that sustainable model, which we've been trying to build towards over the last couple of seasons. And, you know, bringing the likes of, of, of Rogers, um, Latte Laff and uh, Vandenberg, you know, probably younger players that you'd hopefully, hopefully try and bring on and sell for, for, for value. And, you know, the season started pretty horrendously, to be honest. I think we were playing El Crapico against Sheffield Wednesday a few weeks ago and bottom of the league and we drew. And that really was rock bottom for us, to be honest. And uh, we've went on in a bit of an incredible run from that. And then it's been a bit topsy-turvy. And to be honest, 12th place is probably where we should be uh, because of how our inconsistency is. You know, our underlying numbers are quite good, but it's just a case of we, we just... Um, 
Yeah, we, we just we've got a lot of injuries and they've caught up with us right now and uh we're in a place where it could you know it could defy our season to be honest. <laughs> so um Michael Carrick did a really good job last year. Um what was it the year before? When did he come in and, and fix the team? Was it yeah, last so season was, or the year uh, before? His first game yeah, was, was against us, I think. It was I think it was his first game in charge was against us and we lost. Mm. Or oh, was it the game that happened before that? Yeah. It was game before Preston uh, was his first game, and then I think it was went on to Hull afterwards. Um, it yeah, was Hull away. Yeah. yeah, it was Hull away. Yeah, yeah, three yeah. one. Um, yeah, and he's he's been in charge for what just over twelve months now, and I absolutely loved every moment of it. I really have, and it's. I, I think you guys would be the same with Rossini, to be honest. Like you yeah. feel like you've got a good manager at the helm, things are becoming more sustainable. And you're starting to build towards something. You can see what you're trying to do um, in, in, during games as well. And is is impl- the way he's trying to play and how he's set Middlesbrough up now is is a little bit different from what he had probably last year. Um, but it's still really good football. I still love watching us. And you know we've we've brought in some really good players at his time at the time. And last year was a bit of a I'd probably say a bit of an anomaly to some extent because we were just massively overperforming. And the players around it were really, really good quality. I think the four I've mentioned um, have went for about fifty million or in the summer, and mm-hmm. to, to the respective clubs. So we've lost a lot of talent. And you know, I feel for Carrick in a way. But the one good thing I really like is that he's just been able to get every single player to play that system or way, and they all suit it when they when they come in and out of the squad. So i've absolutely loved it honestly i've absolutely loved having carrick in charge i think it's just been amazing for us um you guys be the same with Christine, you're right yeah you're i, I think it. yeah i think there's some parallels like middlesbrough and hull in general like both came down for the premier league in 2017 i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. then since then I'm, you haven't been promoted back right you've just sort of like been a mid-table or chasing playoffs whereas for us it's like we was sort of a mid-table championship then dropped towards relegation in 2020 then came back up for league one since then We've been sort of fighting relegation. Well, was fighting relegation our first two seasons. Then obviously last season we, um, you know, we, we sort of stabilised under Rossini, and now, the, obviously, like you, sort of pushing the playoffs and, um, yeah, with a obviously young, hungry manager that implemented a really like progressive, and exciting style to watch. So, you know, it's, I think it's in terms of the club, it's like there's it's only a matter of time before. Both clubs are probably in the playoffs, or at least you know fighting every se- each season just to get in there because you know it just yeah it's obviously good. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Like and and you know it's it's always good when you see like a manager and like a club building towards something as well. I think when you guys have um, obviously had that takeover and last year it didn't really seem to be working out at the start, and then well it, you had a good good results and it tipped off a bit, and then Racine's came and he's just took you to a level where you want to be and I hope I really hope that Rossini like stays for a while now because I know there's there's always that rumour mill isn't there when a, a Premier League manager goes it seems like our manager your manager um, yeah. probably, um, if, if such managers on McKenna they'll all get like tipped for the, these new jobs now won't they and it's just uh, I, I hope he, I hope he sticks around because I think you guys deserve Picture the scene all of your mates around you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go partner this with your team playing champagne football perfect order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app there's nothing quite like a McDelivery at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year as football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And, you know, I'd be interested to see where you end up this year because I feel like 7th or 8th is probably where you should be right now. Mm-hmm. But then it's like you've missed a couple of opportunities to get into like 4th and 5th. And so, yeah, it's been punishing really. Like, it's not a typical city, so to speak. You've got that great chance to sort of build that gap and then we, we sort of blow it. Uh, last week, we played really well against went against Watford, and then the turning point was us missing a penalty. 
then we're going to concede a goal from 40 yards. Our keeper should have saved and just, and then obviously like on Saturday we lose to QPR 2-0 and couldn't really argue with that result but it was just frustrating knowing that we had two great chances there to sort of build on what, what we've been doing but I guess it was always going to hit that rough patch of the season. We've had it quite suddenly well so far, I guess, in terms of injuries. I, you know, most of our key players have you know stayed fit, but now we've we've lost a couple and, and it's starting to tell. Mm-hmm. So every time just... I come to Middlesbrough, it's, it seems to snow, Johnny. Uh, I, I've been on a few occasions, and every time they've been sort of running down the lines, uh, clearing the snow so you could see the lines, and uh, it's it's been a bit cold. So I'm not sure that I'm going to come up on Wednesday night, to be honest, because I think it might snow if I come. Yeah, to be honest, AD, uh, I wouldn't even, mate. It's absolutely freezing at Riverside this time of year. It's about it's about one degrees at a push. Um, it's always cold in the summer as well. I don't no, we get always it. Play, yeah. This time of year as well, like I remember. Yeah, it is every time. It's always now yeah. around now. Every time I like remember four years ago, yeah. and it had absolutely snowed down. It took us hours to get home because it was so terrible. It really was, but yeah, it's it's not a good hunting ground for us, which is another bad thing because. Middlesbrough just tend to do a do a job on us every time, and think of one once there, and how many years? Very frustrating for us. <laughs> I think of one once there, and like I don't know how many years. Yeah. The win was there was Potter scored in that one 0 win. Yeah, last ten uh, years it's just been the one win, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, literally. I'm, yeah. Yeah, well, you started really well uh, last season, didn't you? Uh, like last season when I think you went one 0 up in the first half, and then that, it was the second half. We just it was like some just yeah, Ali scored. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, well, first half yeah. was really good. Like some of the best football I've seen as player under a senior, like at that time. And then we mm. go and lose three one. Yeah, yeah. It was a matter of minutes. I think it was like three and seven minutes or something stuff like that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like last year. And it wasn't the only time Middlesbrough did that uh, that week as well, didn't you? Come. 1-0 down to beat Norwich 5-1 or something. So it was a pretty good week for Middlesbrough. Yeah, yeah, it was a great week. Uh, it was it was that time of the year where we, we were just we just seemed to be a bit invincible, where we were just creating plenty of chances. And I think the difference from us from last season to this season is that normally uh, we we took our chances last year. Where this year it's it's taken us a few goals to to get hit the back of the net, and it like it, it just knows how much a game state matters, doesn't it? And if when you take the lead and you know, in a game completely changes, but when we're not t- taking those chances, it's a bit frustrating. Even though we are scoring a lot of goals still, we've scored more goals than we did last year, but it's just, we're just not as effective as we were. Yeah, I I look at Middlesbrough as a team a bit like Brighton used to be, that they'll be up there eventually. They're always there a bit, they're, they're, they're about some. I think they'll, like us, not parachute payment teams, but probably be near the top of the league hopefully for our perspective as well so three out of four losses to Middlesbrough two defeats in a row for Hull um how do we see this game going because both teams will be desperate for you know to get back to winning ways um Johnny any insight on how Middlesbrough will play um yeah we'll still play our four two three one shape um in possession you do tend to see Borough try and bomb on with the fullback similar to last year where we'd try and lock do that lopsided approach where you bring people over the right, lop it over the left, and then you knock it in the box. But this year is a bit different where uh, we try and play it more in the box um, and try and get in behind, or we'll use the likes of Rogers to really drive at the defence. Um, I think we'll make a couple of changes. Um, to be honest, we are on the bare bones as well. I think we had uh, 10 players out in the last game, and it's eight mm-hmm. this time because two of them come back um, with, with, with Jones and Dyke still coming back. So, I think we will stay in that four-two-three-one. I think we'll have Dieng in goal. I, I think we'll have Dyke Steele at right back with Vandenberg and and Dale Fry and Lucas Engel is is the back four. Midfield would still be Balasser and Houston because Hackney's still injured. Um, and then I'll go probably Rogers on the left. I'll go Crooks in the middle with Jones on the right, and then Lattier laugh up top. Um, that'll be my my eleven. How was how was that bad? Barlaser has been like for you. I know you signed him from Robin. Was it last yeah. year or was it in January? We, we were linked to him yeah. all the time, weren't we? I think. Yeah. For, um... yeah. See, I love Dan Barlaser, but he's becoming a bit of a boo boy at the minute. But it's like anyone becomes a boo boy when poor, when poor form's happening. And his passing distribution's really good, but he's only as good as the players um, ahead of him, to be honest. I think if you have a team that is likes to stretch teams and, and play with really big width and get, like to get someone in behind, he'd be really, he's really, really effective. And he's, he can be silky and smooth on the ball, but sometimes he can just be a little bit lackadaisical and, and get caught out. And that's where... If, Sounds like if you, Yeah. So it's yeah. where people are fans start to hate him because they just go, well, 
you know, well, he's getting caught out and he's not given the best pass or whatever. But I really, personally, I really like him. I think he's been a bit good, good bit of business for us. But when Hackney comes in the team, you don't really see Balassa because Hackney's probably just another level. And yeah. like these guys know, he was, like, man the match. He, was, he, was, he was man of the match against us um, last time, I'm pretty sure. Like he was quality in midfield. Yeah, well, obviously, you guys have got a few under the twenty ones uh, players. Obviously, we we've got Hackney as well, so uh, it's a shame that probably most of them probably missed the game now, right? Because I think they're all injured. So, uh, but it'd be nice to see them all. I'm sure for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think it's time for the best part of the podcast. You know what it is, don't you, Ad and Tom? You know what it's going to be. Uh, yeah. So this is actually good that you're on because I do a combined lineup. So I'd like to see the whole and the Middlesbrough um, sort of perspective on this. But a bit controversial this week because Middlesbrough are below us in the league, yet I think I put more Middlesbrough players in. That's basically because of availability on the whole city side. So as it's a podcast, I'll read it out first for people listening in. we got Dieng in goal because of Allsop. Um, I mean, I'm not sure whether I drop him just yet, but maybe if he has a poor game against Middlesbrough, I would drop him. But Dieng in goal. Engel, Greaves, Dale Fry, Louis Coyle, Tyler Morton, Crooks, Twine, Isaiah Jones and uh, Greenwood on the wing and then Liam Delap up front. So uh, we'll just go around the three of us. I mean, I think this is perfect, obviously, but Johnny, thoughts? Are, are these the middles of players that should be in? Um, I think if it was like, if we were... Is this based on like players' fit? Oh, or yeah, otherwise, Philogene would obviously be there. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say Philogene and McGree 100% in this team. Um, I would probably say, I'd, you're near enough right, I would say. Um, I'd probably take Greenwood out and I would go for Rogers instead because uh, I thought yeah. Greenwood was really poor in the last game. Well, I think other than that, I'm, I'm quite happy with that. Is Joe's if, 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 is not back for... He's not back for Wednesday. For See, Greenwood. yeah, I, I, I was thinking he was injured, but he, he would... Uh, Alfie Jones would be back, and then Alfie Jones. Is he, Jones, Jones would also yeah. be back. I'd say getting. Yeah, Sorry? No, Sorry? Sorry. Sorry was, you know, somewhat at fault for the second goal because he yeah, did yeah. keep you out. It was a bit of a hospital yeah. pass if, to if also. I had to, if I had to change, it'd probably just remove Swan, put Morton there, and just put Sarri as the deep one. If it was yeah. going to change, but apart from that, it looks pretty spot on with the players that fit. Mm-hmm. I'm getting better at them. I'm getting better. You give me, you give me it every time it's, I do it's, all, it's always, it's always this formation. Though. Like, it's always this one. I want to well, say this like, is the automatic. Formation. This is the automatic one, and I'm not. I didn't have enough time to do four four two or anything. So, Ad. Yeah, as I say, the the only change that I'd be in was Seri, was Seri as well. So, apart from that, yeah, I can't really argue with a with a lot that you've said. Yeah, genius, genius again. <laughs> Hey, watch your head, Daniel. It might not fit through the door. Oh, it doesn't. I've had to make a new. I come in through the garage now. At least you can't put Longman back any, any, any more. In January, <laughs> when we recall him in January, he'll be in every team. Don't you worry. There's always um, a saving grace. Yeah. Um, so I guess the last thing for the Middlesbrough whole game predictions. I mean, I think that games with Middlesbrough are usually pretty fun. Strange to call it a Yorkshire derby. I don't associate Middlesbrough yeah. with being Yorkshire, but if they are, so um, but yeah, the, the two games we played them in uh, the season, we got relegated two-two with that wonderful thirty-yard Eve's backyard volley, um, and then um, a game uh, when we beat Middlesbrough and Wilk scored um, for only when we had in that sort of restart period. I thought that was the worst we've ever played ever. Even worse than Wigan, and we still won. I still don't understand how that happened, but uh, yeah, uh, Johnny, I'll go with you first. Prediction for the match? I'll take a draw. To be honest, uh, we've got so many injuries, man. Uh, it's insane. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll go with I'll go with a one-one draw. One-one. That's not like Hull City. We never do a one-one. I mean, we constantly do. But, <laughs> yeah, not not away from home. But uh, Tom, thoughts? I think uh, it's predicted, but I'm predicting a loss. I think two one. <gasps> it's not. It's not shocking, though, is it? We're going. We never win at Borough. Philogene's out. Who's going to replace him? I just. I just don't see where. Um, I just don't have much confidence going to the game. So two one loss. I'm just hoping because every time I predict us to win anyway, we'll lose or draw. So yeah, we win. Okay, Ad. Anything more cheerful? I agree with Tom. Two one loss. Wow, wow. Well. 
I predicted 2-2 at QPR. I might predict 2-2 at Middlesbrough. Maybe both teams won't be at their best form defensively and structurally, so it might be an open game. I mean, I don't know where we're going to get two goals from, but um, yeah, I, don't know. I can't. I, I, don't, I don't want to predict a, um, a loss. I'm not sure whether both teams are in good enough form to take advantage of either team's flaws at the moment. So, um, yeah, I like the 2-2. I'm going to keep predicting that. Uh, maybe like Will every week. Um, saying 3-0. I'm going to go 2-2 again. So, Johnny, thank you very much for coming on. Congratulations on your award at the uh, awards evening recently. Uh, do you want to just shout out where people can find all your stuff? Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for passing on the baton as well. It was, it was, uh, it was uh, obviously if you got it, got in the, the, the year before, so it was uh, it's nice to take it from you guys. And um, so you can find us uh, Board Breakdown, so Boring just called Breakdown, and on Twitter, and then just search for the Board Breakdown podcast for all of our shows on, on YouTube and on the podcast providers. Cool. Well, thank you very much again, Johnny, coming on. And um, yeah, good luck for the season after Wednesday. Cheers, Johnny. Cheers, guys. You too. Cheers, Bob. Cool. So I think there's probably a few more little details we can discuss. Um, essentially, there's just three trans rumours that I'd like to discuss, whether we think yeah. it's actually likely or whether we'd like to... one begin with the care. Well, I'm going to get onto that one last because I think that's the most exciting. So the first one I'm going to ask is the least exciting, in my opinion, because I don't think Sunderland fans liked him last year when he was on loan. That's Joe Gelhart, the striker from Leeds. I mean, I'd rather have Connolly than Gelhart, to be honest. Um, I'm not really a fan of that. He's not been prolific anywhere. The senior does tend to sign players that haven't got very good reputations and he gets the best out of them, but... You know, I'd rather have, I'd rather try Connolly or get someone else in, or recall Oscar even, than bring in Gelhart. So thoughts on him, if you know much yeah, about the, him. The, the issue was goals in the final third, and I think what he scored two in about sixteen for Sunderland last season, or something on those lines. Probably scored yeah. about ten goals across his senior career. I know he's only twenty-one, but he's never sort of set the world alight. He's look, he's, he's shown promise, but I think again, he's not really lived up to his uh, potential as as of yet. Still got plenty of time, but at a time when we need goals and we need someone perhaps a whole head to come in to sort of provide that, he's not. I just don't think he's the guy. Mm. Um, perhaps Rossini could get the best out of him, but we'll have to see. Yeah, I think Delap's really good. I think Delap's probably got ten goals in his senior career as well, but he's done better this year for us. So. Yeah, yeah. Ad, do you know Same anything about Gal? It's one of them, isn't it? You know, with. with... I mean, Oscar Estepinian's got a hamstring injury at the moment, but if there was a chance to recall him in January, did he score 13 for us last season? Yeah. Yeah. Who, who's, who's, who else is going to score 13 for us this season? Yeah, not any strikers, really. And, you know, that you, might, any, but... anybody that you bring... Tom Tom hit the nail on the head. Anybody that you bring in on, in January, Liam's got to try and get the best out of somebody that's not doing very well. Or they're coming here because they've got nowhere else to go, aren't they? So it's that strike. The strike is always the problem, one, isn't it? And it's to me, it's either if Oscar's uh, got his hamstring injury sorted out and we can recall him, I would look to do that, or possibly blood one of the younger ones like Tyler Sellers, Fleming, who had a, a made his debut on Saturday. Mm. Yeah, worth a mention because. I didn't mention that. That's very good. Um, yeah, Ant saying that Gelhart has Bags Wolf energy. I, I don't know what that means. What's he say? Bags of Wolf energy. Bags Wolf energy. Uh, I, I guess that's I think good. If it's our style, like in terms of the pressing, like he's, just, he's one of them that's just going to press he's and in behind, fighting and... at the ankles, is he? Yeah, with these names that we're talking about, it, Liam did do really well with Conley when he first came in, but he's not getting the best out of Conley anymore, is he? Hmm. Yeah, maybe we just needed that striker for like that just five month burst of form. Yeah, I guess burst yeah. of wolf energy. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not really convinced about that one. We've been linked with a permanent move along with other championship clubs for Charlton's. Corey Blackett-Taylor, who I remember him bursting onto the scene a few years ago at Tranmere, and he was good there, if that's who I'm thinking of. Um, got six goals, six assists for Charlton this season. Could be 
a good signing, but I don't really know much about him. If we're thinking of wingers who have played for Charlton, I'd rather get Raksaki on loan from Crystal Palace. But um, any thoughts on on him? Um, I think dipping into the League One market is, is some. In over the years, we've had like mixed sort of bag, mm. you know, in terms of you know buying players from there. I remember obviously under Grant McCann, we bought loads of talent from League One, and you know you you sort of you bought someone like Tom Eaves that scored. 40 goals across two seasons and couldn't translate to the championship. But when I think, I don't know how young that Black Taylor 26. is. 26. Uh, 26. He's so, he's, he's, so, yeah, that's that's fair. So, like, it means he's sort of in that stage of his career where he's, he's ready to sort of push on and perhaps you know, come to the championship. But mm. I don't know. It sounds snobby, but I think perhaps, I don't know if we're past that sort of signing League One players. You know, they have to be the, the very best. In, like, you, you look at, yeah, so you look at, look at Philogene, like, buying a player from the Premier League club that's the sort of standard signing that I think City fans are expecting now I'd love for him that like if we did sign I'd love for him to come in and prove us wrong and you know become prolific score, goal scorer at championship level then maybe it's worth a pun but I, I don't really know too much about him so I can't really comment but yeah yeah AD give us a whole scouting report on Kareem Blackett Taylor because I know you really religiously follow Charlton Athletic as well your funny Sundays, Nathaniel, you really are funny. Uh, I know nothing about him, I'll be honest with you. Uh, so I'd just be saying the same as Tom. You, you know, you're taking a punt on a on a League One player coming in. And I would better than that now. I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's that it's that situation of how much money have we got to spend in January. I think that's a big thing. And I think, as we talked earlier in the podcast, it's that situation of how many players can we get off the wage bill that are high earners to allow us to have a bit more uh, flexibility there? And I think that's the key to January is who we can get rid of to them bringing people in, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, before we get on to the one who begins with K, which is very exciting and is definitely a throwback to last summer's sort of transfer dealings. Um, and it's just reminded me about Ali Al Hamadi at Wimbledon, who we were linked to about a month ago. I'm sure every club has been linked to him. Um, he's been in incredible form and uh, he scored 20 goals and 37 for Wimbledon. I think he got a few in the FA Cup on the TV the other day. Uh, yeah, I think if you get in a player from a lower league, they have to be like the, one of the best players from that division. And he looks like he's a striker who's 21 and incredible form. So I wouldn't mind that, especially if you can't get Delap on a permanent, maybe. Worth a punt, but again, yeah, I, mean, I'd, I'd I like don't really if, know much about him. I'd like that if um, the creative players in behind him would be feeding him the ball through because right now, look at the, like the work that the lap has to do up there. Yeah. It's no good bringing in a strike like that that can score goals if you're not going to feed him the chances. If you're just yeah, going to have yeah. to press for the ball like and create opportunities himself. So I think mm. if, first and foremost, we've got to sort out the supply line in behind before we get a striker. I'd say, yeah. although it's is... important. Very much like Gourcares yeah. or um, Brereton Diaz, he makes his own can chances. Do yeah, can do everything on his own, but then he also can thrive off balls into the box. And I think we're not. You've seen a few times a season when we put a ball into the box, he's he's finished his chances, but he's not had that in recent weeks. So mm-hmm. something we yeah. have to address, I think. Yeah. So we have been in uh, discussions or very rumored to be signing or trying to sign or however you want to put it. Uh, Ryan Kent, who is, uh, had been at Rangers, he's a winger, I think he's about 25, is he, 26? Um, and he's gone to Fenerbahce, could we get him on loan? I mean, just like when Delhi Ali went to Besiktas, Besiktas, I, I don't know how to say it. Besiktas. Come to Besiktas. Yeah. Um, you think, oh, well, an English player going to Turkey, we're going to sign him at some point, and we probably still will. But uh, Ryan Kent's not scored or got an assist or anything. He's not played that much of Fenerbahce or if he has done, it's been sort of substitute appearances and stuff. Um, I mean, I hope he's better than the last two wings we've got from Fenerbahce or at least more reliable. I don't know whether we'd get him. It would be a big wage. Um, and Shep there says, would it be a good signing, but big wages? I think, especially if Philogene is going to be out for a longer period, not that we'd have him before Philogene's back, but I think Ryan Kent did very well in Scotland. Good player. I'd be very happy with that. Thoughts? I think with Kent, the, the issue is not I've ever been his talent, it's been his attitude. And Rosinia, like we said before, like he likes to 
challenge yourself and get the best out of players that have had attitude problems. You look at Tufan, I know that's not really worked out um, over the course of his tenure, showing you know, sort of glimpses. You see Conley as well showing glimpses. I think Kent's another one where he's a flash in the pan sort of player. Like he has the, the ability to produce a moment of brilliance, but then most of the time, like, you know, is you might have an eight, eight out of ten game one day, but then they're followed by five or six out of ten games three times, I guess, like attitude in question. Um, no doubt as talent would be interested to see if he could sort of find a home with us if he joined and we signed him permanently. But you know, it's, it's yeah, it's one it's one of them where like people are getting excited but He's not his form sort of tailed off for quite some time, so be interested to see if he could get that yeah. back on track. I think that I mean, by the time we're signing players in January, Philogene will probably be back. I don't think he's going to be out for that long. It's like six months or something. I don't think, although it could be. Um, so really, I wouldn't mind if we had Philogene fully fit on one wing and Kent having a good game every four games because at the moment that other winger, has no whoever it is, has no good games. Because um, they're either out of position or they're getting injured. So it's been Lakilo, it's been Ali, it's been Cynic, it's been Slater, it's been um, Vaughan, it's been you know Triary and Twine, and it's just we need just a winger. And so whoever it's it is, you know, and I think Championships he could do quite well. But uh, yeah, AD, what what do we need out of that other winger? Well, we need we need them to. And to maybe not do the you see listen the other winger situation when you look at the kilo the kilo is probably the other winger if he does what he can do best which is put the ball into the back into the box because philogene don't put the ball into the box mm. philogene likes to walk it into the box and as yeah. uh, tom said you know you've got a delap that's coming back all the time to try and create chances because he ain't getting the service in there but if you have got somebody like Lakilo was actually playing really well and being positive going forward and putting the ball into the box, then I think, you know, then you've got a good player. And that's what we need from the winger is something different to Philogene because Philogene is great coming in and getting into the box and playing that little ball off and giving somebody a chance or making a chance for himself. But then you are getting that service from crosses, which is, I think, is what we need. We're not getting enough crosses in and that's not just from... Uh, Philogene, it's from the other winger, it's from the right back and the left back. You know, if you look at Christie, when Christie plays, Christie's mm. great at coming forward with the ball and he does a lot like Philogene does. He likes to walk into the box, but he doesn't put a cross in. The only mm. player that's really putting a cross in is Coyle. And I think your other person who can put you crossing is Vinagra. If Vinagra plays on the left, but as you say, then his defensive duties are good. Yeah. So we're just a little bit light, aren't we? And we're a little bit. Two players that you can just morph together and make a really good player. And if we've got that, that'd be excellent. Same with the keepers, isn't it? If you've got Ingram shot stopping and you got all sops distribution and morphed yeah. it into one, someone said that. Really idea, yeah. There. Yeah, yeah, I think I think our issue is like we need that sort of versatility. Like you look at Leeds, like they've got Somerville on the left who cuts on his right, and you've got Dan James on the on I mean on the right wing on his right footed. So you want someone perhaps on the other flank. A Robbie Brady type player, throwback there from back in the day, like that can whip a ball in the box. I know football's evolved from just crossing into the box, but there's times in games where we've seen he's not shown that we've got a plan B really, like in terms of breaking yeah. down teams. We're constantly trying to pass the ball, you know, pass well, Dan, the Dan James passing for a shot. He, Tom. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, uh, it's <laughs> like he's shown his level he now. That, but, yeah, but I mean, in terms of like a player that can put a ball in the box, we need that yeah. down the right flank. I think just just something different. I think because mm. I think what's happening is I think a lot of teams figuring out how we play now. So you've got to deviate from that yeah. sometimes and sort of change. And if you've got someone on the right side that can whip the ball and cause problems, then you know probably benefit us a lot. But. You're right, Tom. You are right. They have, yeah. We have been sussed out a little bit. And B, he does need to think a little bit about how to change it up a little bit. And I think that, you know, he's learning as a manager and this is part of his yeah. learning. He needs to learn that to, to to try and give us something a little bit different because you you know yourself, QPR on Saturday, they've done a little bit of a job on us. Uh, the game before what that, what did as well? To be fair, yeah, they, because they said about this 40-yard pass, didn't they? They'd seen that, they'd watched it and they'd done it. And, you know, maybe it's yeah. on another day it doesn't go in, but they've done a job on us because they've done that research to mm. say we can score a goal from 40 yards here, and they have done. And this yeah, is the thing that you've got to learn. 
fan of details like in football. Yeah. Like, you never, I'd, you wouldn't ever see it like us sort of, sort of changing up a little bit. Like these different nuances that you get. Like obviously a Watford player trying a shot for night far out. Like we, we don't seem to deviate from our our style, which is which has obviously served as well across the season. But like you said, there's times when you need to deviate from it and, yeah, and try something different, and you know put balls into the box. You know cause problems like. You've got a player like all sort that can distribute the ball well. Why not try go along? Because there's times a season like more often not that we've gone long and we've actually scored from it. Like you've seen the lap. Like if you get the ball to him, he causes problems. He can spin. There's no there's no better striker in the championship than spinning with the ball with his pace and power than the lap. So we need to just sort of use him to his strengths. Agree with you, Tom. I think the thing yeah. I think the thing with it is you're probably right in how rigid he is set up and how rigid he's got his team playing and how strict he is with the team because. You know, the goal that will concede where the ball's gone back to the keeper and he hasn't put it into the stand, is that because he's too rigid in what he's been told to do? You know, the first thing yeah, he should be doing is getting rid of that ball, whether it's put it out onto the into touch or put it into the stand or whatever you do. First thing he should be doing is getting rid of that ball. And I think that's to do with how rigid he's got us playing and he maybe needs to just relax it a little bit and, you know, give him a little bit more freedom. He seems to give Philogene a lot of freedom, but then mm. other players don't seem to have as much freedom to do what they think is right in a game. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, like that's that, like I say, like it's all it's all about the style. I think once you start getting figured out, we've seen it in the past of all city managers, like you can go on a downward spiral. That probably won't be the case of us because Rossini is smart enough to know no better and we've got the quality in the squad to you know continue winning games but it's just like them them fan details of matches that we need to sort of figure out mm, yeah we're gonna have to find a new way to win especially without physically and go back to how it was earlier in the season i think there are a few players that sort of need to step it up because they're there you know two fans there Connolly's there try retwine these sort of players they are good we just need them to be consistent and you know, hopefully someone will sort of take up the baton and become the star player again. Because I think, you know, talking about the wingers being different, you can't have two for the jeans who, you know, get that much sort of, uh, the, the, you know, the star player. You can't have two star players that are better than everyone else. Um, even when we had Bowen and Grzycki, Bowen was the star and Grzycki sort of went under the radar. Most teams, he'd be one of the best attacking players and yet... Bowen was there, so yeah, I think, and they were sort of different players. Grzycki was the assist man, wasn't he? And Bowen finished the chances off. So yeah, I think we're all on the sort of same page with where we need to go. I'm not sure we'll get back to winning ways, but still, we're still roughly where I think we should be. Um, at the very least, it should be a bit higher, but we're still in a decent position. So you've gone two defeats, I've gone two two. Hopefully we do get back to winning ways, but um, yeah, AD. Um, oh, I, I can't. I really can't remember. Uh, so, what, what's that that uh, radio show you do again every Saturday at one o'clock? I've not mentioned it yet. Is that what you're saying, Nathaniel? No, uh, I'm yeah, saying I, I like people to plug their stuff. Thanks. <laughs> I will plug my stuff. And uh, yeah, we're we're on Saturdays one o'clock on Westall FM. You can get us online westallfm.co.uk or on 106.9 on FM if you're in the whole area and um, we'll talk about this game against Middlesbrough uh, as well as uh, we'll we'll be talking about Saturday's game because we haven't done that on the radio yet and we'll preview the game against Cardiff we'll be live at the Tigers Trust Arena come in and have a pant say hello we'd love to see you hmm. that's a good point we may as well do our Cardiff predictions as well uh, 5-0 City yeah you're actually going to go with that on when the front uh, when Ant goes for his uh, prediction thing uh, why not? Why not? I'm not going to get it right anyway. So, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go for. I'm going to say one nil win to sit whole city. Yeah, nice. Well, nice. You're thinking exactly the same today, Tom. I'm going exactly the same as you, Tom. Yeah, one nil. Old Sop will screw against his former side. Lob it all the way. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, he's so good on the ball. Maybe we just put him in midfield and. Or you know Ingram can be in goal, shot stopping. No, I, did, I, did, I, did with somebody that I think he's a, I think he's a, a player that I'd prefer to play outside, and he was never really wanting to be a goalie. He just wanted to See, be a. I think there's 
probably only two players in world football that you could get away with playing in midfield in like and probably at like League One, League Two level, and that's Allison and Edison. Olsop, I don't think would he's not quite good enough to do that. But that's the idea. But yeah, thanks to everyone who's well, uh, Tom, also you've been magnificent, got to mention that. And AD. And um uh, Tom, a- anything to plug? Probably not. No, nothing to plug, mate, nothing. No, cool, fair enough. Um <laughs> yeah, I've I've not really got anything to plug, so that's that's it. I guess I'll do the proper intro. Apart from the White Rose, the, the White Rose rivals that me and Ant go on every when well, every Thursday. See? Obviously that's... we've got we're going the well, we've got on the podcast, obviously there's the all the uh, each fan from each Yorkshire Company uh, Championship, so Sheffield Wednesday, Huddersfield, Rotherham, Leeds, and Hull. So me and Ant sort of taking turns going on there. So it's, it's good, it's good banter on there, good fun. So mm-hmm. fancy some Championship uh, talk? It's usually Thursday at seven o'clock. Yeah, awesome. Six, well, six, definitely, definitely check that out. But yeah, thanks to everyone who's listened in and commented today, and keep doing all the retweeting and liking, and you know. Uh, sending us uh, nice crafted letters and, um, you know, all all the stuff people do constantly. So keep doing it. We love it. And uh, we'll be back next week after six delicious points, hopefully, but probably not. So goodbye. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.